Hey everybody, PD here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're with us at church today, at church at home, church online. Uh, what a privilege to speak to you today. Hey, listen, before I get into today's message and the continuation of our series, I have a brief announcement, okay? Um, our team, our staff wanted to give you a gift. As we approach the holidays, we wanted you to have something that will assist you in your spiritual growth, your spiritual transformation. And so, um, trying to describe this, but we have a subscription to what is called Right Now Media. Some of you might have heard of it before, but it basically is the Netflix of Christian videos, okay? And so it's all free. You can go on to it. Everything's going to be free because of the subscription that we have. We've included you. And so if you're in our database, if you're a part of Connect, this Friday you're going to get an email and you're going to be able to use this incredible tool and it's going to help you in a tremendous way. It has uh, videos for kids, videos for youth, young adults, adults, uh, conferences, leadership content. I'm telling you, it's incredible. It's the Netflix of Christian videos. So if you are, don't think you're a part of our uh, database, if you don't think you're, uh, and, and you want to, you know, receive this gift, hey, just fill out a connection card in the chat there and make sure that you include your email and we're going to send you that um, just because we want to bless you. And so as we've said in this series, we are blessed to be a blessing. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. So we're going to continue the series now. Today's message is entitled, God Keys to Living. God, tees, God Keys to Living, or God Keys to Living and Giving. Um, and I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. This has kind of been the theme text as we've been going into this. And it says, God is able to make all grace, that's like favor and earthly blessing in the original language, come in abundance to you so that you may always, that's, that's all the time, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, uh, have complete sufficiency in everything. That means complete uh, needs being met in him and have an abundance above that, in other words, for every good work and act of charity. This verse is so powerful because it's really saying God wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you and he wants to bless you so you can in turn be a blessing. And so that's been the nature of this uh, series as we've been going through this. Pastor Devin did a great job last week, incredible. And then this is our fourth installment today. Now, I don't think we could talk about money honestly enough, unfortunately, because of the way the world um, you know, looks at it and because of the way the church has, um, let's say, abused the subject. Uh, we don't talk about it enough, but it's actually a huge, huge subject in the world. If we're honest, it's affecting us every single day, externally and internally. I heard one statistic that said 80% of people are totally controlled by money. Either they're controlled by it because of the excess of it, or they're controlled by it because of the scarcity of it. But in either case, uh, we're controlled by it. As it relates to the scarcity of money, I was looking at, and don't do this because it'll depress you, but I was looking at the debt clock in America. Uh, the world debt clock and the American debt clock. And a debt clock shows how much um, as citizens that we owe, as we, what, what we owe uh, to ourselves as a nation, what we owe to other countries. And the U.S. debt clock as of last night was over $27 trillion. And the federal debt compared to the uh, GDP, the gross domestic product, was 128%. So that means 
Well, first of all, in 2000, the year 2000, it was 55%. So the contrast between the two has escalated dramatically. Let me put it like in real um, tangible terms. The debt is growing by $45 per second per dollar going up intense. And so I think with problems like that, that God um, wants us to see money through a different lens. I think God wants us to see money through uh, um, a, a different, from a different vantage point. And so what I think he also says in his word, and we've unpacked this in the previous weeks, is that God's provision, his blessing, his abundance for us, is it's locked up if we won't surrender to God's view and God's values, to, to the sovereignty of God. And so one of those things that Devin, Pastor Devin talked about last week is the importance of the tithe. The tithe is key. It's key to many of you that are listening out there today. Some of you, that is your next step in your spiritual maturation process. And I think God wants you to grow. I think you wanna grow, but one of the best ways to grow um, I think is leaning on and being led by the Holy Spirit and also trusting God with our resources, our finances. But many people who've, let's say, attempted to tithe, they've said things to me like, PD, I've done what you said, but I still struggle financially. Now, I heard, I've heard this before. I would say I hear it rarely for people who tithe consistently, but I love the honesty of the statement because when you are truthful about the fact that you're trying to do what God says, but you're still continuing to struggle, then you can look a little deeper and try to find what are the roots to the problem. Now, I said this in the previous weeks, and honestly, I've not always taught this as good as I'm trying to do now. Tithing, let me say it like this, is not the foolproof plan by itself of God's blessing. Let me say it again. Tithing is not the foolproof plan uh, by itself of God's blessing. It's, in essence, it's one of the ingredients in a concrete foundation towards material blessing. And in a foundation, for example, of a house or a building, you don't just have one ingredient. You have, you need cement, you need water, you need sand, uh, you need time. Okay, and so it's like a, a person who um, maybe makes pastries or who's a, who's a baker, uh, they make cakes or something like that. There, there's not just one ingredient that makes the cake rise. There are many ingredients that have to work together in order for that cake to rise. In order for the blessing of God, and God wants you to have material blessing, why? To be a blessing, not just to give to get, but in order for your material blessing to rise, we need to see some of the other ingredients, some of the other um, keys that um, unlock that blessing in our life. And so if we get discouraged, specifically as it relates to the tithe, and say, for example, it doesn't work, a lot of times it has to do uh, with some of these other ingredients. Now, I actually believe, and I'm going to teach this in the, in the new year, I think there are as many as a dozen different ingredients that help us experience uh, blessing in this life so we can be a blessing. But one of the ones we talked about last week was tithes and offerings, tithes and offerings. A lot of times we're only teaching one piece of it. And so I think the tithe, according to Malachi chapter three, that many of us rob God of is something we return to him. We're not giving him something, we're giving back to him something he gave us. And when we do that, he protects 
our resources. But when we bring and offerings, it says tithes and offerings. When we bring an offering, then that brings provision to us. So God in Malachi 3 will rebuke the devourer when you tithe, but he will open up the windows of heaven when you bring offerings. Can I have an amen out there? And so that's what many of you did, by the way, uh, last week. And I'm so proud of our church. We had our legacy offering. If those of you are watching for the first time or listening for the first time, we don't pass a plate at our church and we don't uh, take a formal offering. But once a year, approximately, we have a special offering dedicated to five key vision areas in our church. And and you guys are doing a great job with that. Some of you are still uh, preparing to give. And so we've made, you know, that that uh, made you aware of that opportunity today and we'll do it again next week and then you won't hear about it again till next year. But I wanna say for those of you who uh, not only tithe, because that's your first step, if you're not tithing, don't bring an offering, okay? Your first step in your spiritual growth, I'd rather fail at the legacy offering and no money come in and, and, and you tithe so you can begin to see your um, blessing come and your protection come over your finances. I promise you that would be your best first step going forward. But I'm so proud of those of you that are participating in this. But today what I want to talk to you about is how our giving is connected to our living. This is kind of a, a key that I don't think many of you maybe have heard about. I actually learned about this from Pastor Robert Morris a few years ago. But here's the big idea. Write this down. You cannot disconnect, you cannot disconnect giving from living. You cannot disconnect what you give from how you live. And there are, uh, this key of giving and living connected, uh, this key, it's like this. This is a key, a set of keys right here. And these are old school, so I just want them to be big so you can pay attention. Um, but when you get a key, uh, you're using a key to unlock a door or, you know, to get into something and to open up something, right? And so you all know what it's like to have a key, you go to unlock the door and it doesn't work. It's, it's, uh, it's ineffective. There's something wrong. The problem isn't usually the total key. It's probably one of the teeth on the key that may be not aligned right or it, uh, it needs to be filed down a little bit more. And so a lot of times you go back to the place where you bought the key and, and you'll, you'll show the other key and try to match them up, make sure they align perfectly. And most of the time they just file it down a little bit more and then they go uh, to unlock the door again. Boom, the door begins to open. How do they fix the problem? They file down the teeth. They, and as soon as they do that, they see that the door begins to open. Are you guys following this picture, this analogy? And so your financial blessing, your material blessing is connected to this key of giving and living. But giving is always, always, always connected to your living. But this key has teeth to it. This key to your living has certain teeth to it. And, and all of those teeth need to be aligned just right. They have to be filed down just right for the door of your blessing to open up. And so what are those teeth on the key? I want to talk about those. There are four teeth on the key to blessing in your life. But before I get into that, um, I, first of all, I never saw this for a long time. I never saw this association and I wondered why I would struggle in certain areas. And as I began to monitor and file down these teeth on this key, my life began to change and yours will too, I promise. Uh, but um, People have said, you know, when I give, I don't think it's making a difference. And so Jesus talked about this, by the way. 
And a lot of times people have a problem with, uh, with tithing and, it's, and it doesn't seem like it's working. But I want you to know something. It's just not an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament thing. And so I, 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 I want you to see this, first of all, where these this key surfaces and where these four teeth show up. First of all, it shows up in Luke chapter 6, verse 37 to 38. This is what it says. It says, judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So now, if you take this whole um, scripture and you don't pull out just the give and, and then you'll receive part of that, the Luke 6, 38, but you take into account Luke 6 all the way from verse 37 to 38, you'll see that God, Jesus himself, um, he makes forever giving more than just a money matter. He's saying giving cannot be separated from these other things. He links what's going on in your heart to what's going on in your wallet. In other words, Jesus is saying giving and living, they're connected. They can't be separated. So you can't, in other words, give money in the offering. You can't tithe. Uh, you can't give an offering in, in, in legacy. And you in turn are judging, condemning, and not forgiving other people and expect for it to make a difference. Are you guys tracking now? Are you catching up? And so the same problem that Jesus identifies in Luke 6, 37 and 38, he actually speaks to the Pharisees, and this is where that New Testament text comes in for the tithe. He speaks to the Pharisees and he says, you guys are tithing, but things aren't right in your heart. Look what he says in Matthew 23, 23. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he says, for you pay the tithe of mint and anise and cumin and yet you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, faith. These you ought to have done, speaking of the tithe. And then he says, and do not leave the other undone, speaking of these weightier matters. Let's look at another translation so it pops for you. There's another translation from Matthew 23, 23 in the NIV. It says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth, the tithe, of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have, Jesus is saying this now, you should have practiced the latter tithe without neglecting the former, you know, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now, first of all, just check this out. This is so huge. This is the New Testament words of Jesus, red letter edition that we ought to, in one translation it says, should, or in another translation, tithe. So before we get to the heart things, for those of you who question whether the tithe is meant for today, or the tithe is part of the new covenant, it's right there, Matthew 20, 23, 23. He didn't say you have to do this and you don't have to do that. He didn't say you should do this, but, but that's the law. You don't have to do that anymore. No, he says you ought to do this, but you're forgetting something even more important. Amazing. He's saying there's other ingredients to the success of your life and to the blessing in your life. So before I get to that though, let me ask you a question. If Jesus said to you, if Jesus said you ought to do something, would you do it? If Jesus said you ought to do something, that ought to be good enough for you, right? If Jesus said it. 
I'm just trying to get you to see right there in your Bibles, Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, you ought to tithe. So let's, let's move on past the tithe. Let's try to get the tithe working for you, okay? So the summary of the verse is, you might be giving right, but are you living right? The summary of the verse is you cannot separate your tithe from your life. Uh, the, the, the abundance, the happiness, the right standing, all of that, they're connected to each other. Another way to say this is this. Three of the teeth might be done right, but one of them, if it's not filed down, if it's not in alignment, the door of blessing won't open in your life. You'll give and you won't receive good measure pressed down shaken together, running over with men given to your bosom. That won't happen for you if you're not walking in justice and faith and mercy, if you're, not walk, if, you're, if you're not avoiding condemnation and judgment and unforgiveness. So what are the four teeth in this text? Let's look, uh, because what happens is many of us can be giving, perhaps minimalistically, legalistically, ritualistically, and inwardly are discouraged, though outwardly we can be self-righteous. We're like, no, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But God is saying, no, as you're giving or before you give, I want you to modernize this a bit, adjust your attitude, adjust your, fix your opinion, uh, stop judging, forgive someone. Jesus is saying, you can't do this and do that. He disagrees that they're separate. He says, no, they're, they're inextricably linked. The key unlocks the door to the blessing. But you, and I think what he's saying is, you need to allow him to unlock the door to your heart at the same time. Wow. And so the first, kind of the first tooth, uh, one of the teeth or the first tooth in the key uh, to, to blessing and to seeing God's uh, provision come into your life so you can be a blessing, the first one is judgment or judge not. Okay, the first tooth is judge not. Simple definition, what is it? It's a critical thought or word. It's a critical thought or something you might say. In other words, you can make a judgment of someone without expressing anything toward that someone. And I don't know about you, but I've done that before. And I probably would venture to say some of you have too. But the truth is, sometimes we express a lot of judgment as well. Sometimes we're, 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 we're a little loose with our tongue and we tend to judge people, even, ju even judge people we don't even know or we don't know their story. I've been guilty of this. That is giving and living uh, not working together. In fact, Romans 2, 1, look in your notes, it says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. So Jesus leaves in this Luke 6, 38, these four imperatives, these, these four commands that if we um, capture them the right way, they have associated rewards or blessing. They're like axiomatic. If we do this, if we, if we judge not, we won't be judged. If we condemn not, we won't be condemned. If we forgive others and release them, we will be released. Then if we give, we will be blessed, we will receive. Now, a lot of times what happens with this first key, this first tooth on the key, this judgment one, is um, uh, a lot of times what we do is we, we, we become the parent. You know, if those of you have you have children, if you have a, an older sibling of a younger uh, a child that you have, a lot of times the older sibling tries to take your role and tries to just like exercise judgment over a brother or over a sister. And after and often you walk in, you're like, okay, 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 okay. Let, let me be the parent right here. Let me let me handle that myself. I'm I'm gonna be better equipped to do it. They're my kids. I can handle it. 
And I think sometimes uh, that's what God is saying to us in how we're influencing and how we're reacting and how we're responding and interacting with other people. He's like, listen, Derek, I'm the parent. Let me do the judging. Don't worry about it. I'll correct what's wrong. I'll fix what's wrong. They're my kids. James 5, 9 says this. It says, do not grumble. That kind of means don't be critical. Don't be judgmental. Against one another, brother, or you will be judged. And then it says, look at this. The judge is standing at the door. That's crazy. In other words, when you're getting ready to make a judgment, you might want to look over your shoulder because the judge is watching you. The judge is watching you. So here's what I'm saying is application. If you're about to give an offering, but you're also judging your brother, stop judging and then give. Then it will work, okay? So a lady uh, I was talking to not too long ago and she was comparing Connect to another church, but she was judging the other church. And, and I'm like, honey, we just need to pray for them. Like, we don't want to get, we don't do that, okay? Because that's not, that's not going to bring blessing back upon you, and it's not going to be blessing back upon our church. All right, so now another tooth on the key is condemn. So we have judge not, condemn not. Now, this word condemn reminds me of a phrase, condemn not, reminds me of a phrase way back in the day that surfaced and basically like, it would be it would happen in our house like Devin might have like a great dessert that he's eating he's, he's got like an apple pie from Whitensville Christian School he used to have these great apple pies and be like dad you want to bite on my apple pie not you know and he like it was such a slam you know and I'd be like so mad I'm like Dev you want some money for the movies <laughs> with your friends not and we would just hit each other up so I just want you to know something Jesus came up with this phrase first he said judge not he said condemn not and Jesus basically is saying don't judge don't condemn hopefully uh, this this idea will will stick in your brain but to condemn means to sentence someone that's strong. It means you hope that they get what is coming to them. This is way worse than judgment. Condemning is worse than judging. Condemning is when we hope they suffer the consequences for what they have done. Have you ever thought that? Have you, have you ever thought, I hope they get what's coming to them? I have. That's, that's not good. That's not good. That's what Jesus is saying. You can't separate giving from living. Condemn not. Judge not. And so... If we condemn, we have to ask ourselves, I think God could be asking us by his Holy Spirit, are you going to get what's coming to you? Am I going to get what's coming to me? You know, well, I, I didn't do what he did or I didn't do what she did. Okay, 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 well, maybe you didn't do what he did or he should. What did you do? Can we talk about what you did? Let's, let, why don't you bring that up? Why don't you share that with us? And we'll decide what you deserve. Woo, you know? So here's the point. Why, why does Jesus do this? Because we were all condemned to judgment because of our sin, by our own sin. We were all uh, destined for eternal separation from God. And it, because we accepted Jesus as our sin bearer, as the one who paid the price for us, you know, we got, we got mercy. We got, we got grace. We got forgiveness. And nobody receives the benefits of salvation without also accepting grace and mercy and forgiveness. And it's the same when it comes to giving. Nobody receives the benefits of giving unless we don't condemn and we don't judge. If we have judgment in our heart, um, you know, uh, and we judge someone in our heart, you will, according to Jesus, receive judgment. If you condemn, you will receive condemnation as well. And so you can't shake that off until you repent for that. This, this, we, need, we need to wish grace upon people. 
What we should really say is, I hope they get what I got. I hope they get grace. I hope they get mercy. I hope they get forgiveness. John 3, 17, Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but I came to the world that they might all be saved. And so here's our, here's our third tooth on the key that unlocks the door to blessing. Are you guys getting something out of this? Come on, let's, let's just give a little chat. You know, I'm receiving, I'm receiving, Pastor. Here's the third tooth, and that is forgive others. So in order to unlock this key to work, we have to file down, we have to align this other tooth, and that is forgive others. Now, forgive means to release, to release. Now, these are two verses in Matthew chapter 6 uh, that talk about the Lord's Prayer. But in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive, release uh, forgive men or release men when you when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive, or you could say, release you. See, a lot of times we pray this prayer, but sometimes as Christians we don't believe or apply what it says. And by the way, this is not a salvation issue. This is not if you don't do this, you're not saved. It's if you don't do this, you remain in bondage. You remain um, you know, restricted from the blessings of God. You can't experience, in other words, the blessing of God that he's given you if you won't release people because the way God has released you. Colossians 3.13, Ephesians 4.32, it basically says we forgive because we've been forgiven. This is an obligation for us as Christians. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's a responsibility. Now, Matthew 18, there's this story um, of this um, master, and he was appealed to by an individual who owed a great debt. In fact, this debt was $52 million dollars. And the master forgave it, let him go. That same man who was forgiven that debt went out and he looked for a guy who owed him money right away. And the guy that owed him money only owed him $44 and he couldn't pay it. Can you see the difference? $52 million, $44. And the Bible says in, in Matthew 18, 34, in his anger, the master uh, turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Verse 35 says, so my heavenly father will also do to you and do to me if each one from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So Jesus said this, the, the incarnate God said, you and I will be tortured. It's this cause and effect promise. And he says, I'm giving you something. I want something for you. And, but yet you have to do something. I wish this wasn't in the Bible, but he says, if you don't forgive from your heart others, then you won't be forgiven and you'll be turned over to the torturers. What will he do? He will deliver us to the torturers. That's so, that's so strong. I don't know what you think that represents, but if you were to ask me what I think it represents, I think it represents torment from demonic spirits, demons. That's crazy. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, okay, but what does it believe then to you? Because whatever it is, it ain't good. It's called torture torture. Now, I believe many mental, emotional, sometimes later in life, physical challenge that people face are directly related to their unwillingness from their heart to forgive someone else. And sometimes some of the most horrible uh, sicknesses and infirmities and difficulties are there because though they've experienced the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they have heaven's reward, they are not experiencing the earthly rewards on this life and they're being tormented every day and they're not experiencing the blessing uh, from this key to giving because of unforgiveness. 
Why would you want to be tortured? What does that look like? I was talking to a guy and he had some, he had some debts and these bill collectors would call him on the regular. They would call him each and every night. One guy told me he had a relationship with the guy, knew him by name, would ask about how's your kids doing, etc. And every time he would refer to this person, he said, every, he said, I'm hounded by this man every single night. Now, for some, torture is practical like that, but for others, it's emotional and it's spiritual and sometimes it's even physical. So how does this apply? How do you play this out? Well, if you were to give your, your tithe at a connection box at a city group or you were to give your tithe online, or, you know, as most of you do, if you're giving and you're not forgiving, can I tell you something? If, you're, if, if, if you don't have one of those teeth, if you got all the other teeth right, but you got this forgiveness one wrong, then it's, it's, it's affecting your blessing. It's affecting its ability to make a difference because you cannot separate giving from living. So here's the, the last point, and that is give and then receive. Now listen, so if you're, not, if you're gonna you have this key to giving, giving and living are connected. So if you judge not, if you condemn not, if you forgive, then when you give, you shall receive. Give, it says, and you shall be given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. See, why hasn't it been working, Pastor, all this time when I give? Because you're not seeing the connection to living. But if you see the connection to living, then you will experience good measure. You'll see it pressed down because you want to make some more room for more blessing. You'll see it shaken together. You'll see it running over. You'll see men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So this scripture is so often preached wrong as if some as if God is some deal maker some car salesman some booking saying come over here come over here now if you give me this then I'm gonna give you all of this that's not God it's not a give to get now in the initial stages sometimes I taught about four levels of giving you know sometimes there's there's self-interest uh, there's we give because we 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 want to we want to see a blessing uh, I think that's the immature phase though I don't think that that's what God really has for us. And it doesn't last. Then sometimes we give because uh, we're grateful. We don't give because of what we get. We give because of what we already got. And sometimes we give out of obedience because God said it. That settles it. And, but most of the time, we give because we have a revelation from God's word. That's where the real blessing comes. And if you can see that giving and living are connected, you can see this scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, become a reality in your life. Because what he's saying is, if you'll let me change your heart, if you will stop judging, if you will stop condemning, if you'll start forgiving and you'll give with the right heart, then there's a great reward for you. All of these statements have a reward. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be tortured or condemned. Forgive others and you will be forgiven and released from whatever debt is upon you. These are facts of life and they're all connected to blessing and abundance. And so it says this in this verse in Luke 6:38. It says, give and it should be given unto you. Then it says, shall men give unto your bosom, your bosom, okay? Now, this is definitely talking about material or financial provision. What does it mean to give unto your bosom? I had a neighbor that when I was growing up um, in 23 Dug and Drive, Framingham, Mass., right across the street, and he had a really odd name. His name was Oz, O-Z, Oz Fernandez. Now, Oz Fernandez, um, I don't know if he was in like 
you know, he was home all the time. That's all I know. He was, I don't know if he was like something, you know, what do they call those? Protected by the state for some, a witness protection program or something was what we always thought because he was always home. But whenever I go over his house, see if I could hustle to mow his lawn or, you know, shovel a driveway or do some work for him, he'd always show up at the front door, open up, hey, Derek, how you doing? And he's in a bathrobe. He's in a bathrobe. In the front of his bathrobe, both pockets, he pull out wads of cash. I thought, man, this guy's loaded. He's got all this money in his bathrobe. That when the Bible says, shall men give unto your bosom, it's kind of basically saying that God wants to pour out such a blessing that you have to stuff it somewhere and you can't even, it's so much you can't even hold it on. You keep just putting it into your bosom. It's like putting it into your bathrobe. God wants to bless you more than you can even carry with you. If you'll give from the heart, if you'll, if you'll give uh, without condemning and judging and forgiving others, he's going to give so much back to you, you can't even hold it all. Now, if you can't say that, then it's possible that there is a key to blessing that you're missing. And even more importantly, there might be a tooth in your life that needs to be realigned, needs to be, more importantly, probably filed down by the Holy Spirit. You know, Matthew chapter 10, it says, freely you have received, uh, freely give. See, because I think God wants you to see, if you don't understand grace, that Jesus freely gave you something, you can't freely understand giving. You won't give freely either. In other words, if you think you have to earn forgiveness, then you're gonna hold people to that same standard. They're gonna to have to earn your forgiveness. Your awareness of and your revelation of God's grace is what God wants to connect to a revelation of God's blessing and provision for you in your life. I just wanna ask you something as we conclude today's message. What, what area in your life, what tooth needs to be filed down? By the Holy Spirit. What's getting in the way between uh, you and God's total blessing where he can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't even contain in your bathrobe? I think this is a submission process where before we, many of us have already come to him as Savior and said, yes, Lord, I received that you paid for my sins. But we might need a greater revelation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're saying, you know what? My view of money is not working. Um, I'm applying some of the things that you've taught me in your word, but I'm not uh, connecting it to how I'm living in life. And if that's you, I want to pray for you because I believe God wants to do a mighty work. I, want, I believe he wants you to trust him with everything that you have. And so if you know that God is dealing with you in this areas, these areas of the heart so that the blessing of God could be opened up and you see that there's a connection between giving and living, would you just pray with me right now? Would you just bow your heads wherever you are and just say, you know, um, just agree with me. I'll pray for you. Just, just agree. Father, I thank you for every person that's out there right now that's listening. And I pray that something has happened uh, through this camera uh, to wherever they are, where you touch that part of their heart and they see, oh my gosh, yeah, that makes sense. That's why there's still struggle. That's why there's still these financial lids. That's why I'm not seeing uh, the provision and blessing of God so I can do more for you, God, because there's things in my heart that are getting in the way. And so Lord, today I choose to stop judgment, to judge not. Today I choose to stop condemning others. I, I don't sentence anyone because I don't want to be sentenced. Today, Lord, as difficult as it might be for some,
but because of you forgave me an incredible debt, just like the master forgave that guy $54 million. You forgave me a debt I could never pay, and that is my eternal security, the payment of my sin. That's what the requirement was. And because of that, I release and I forgive him and I forgive her. Father, I pray that as that happens in their heart, that something supernatural happens when they give, so that when they give, they're thinking, God, uh, am I giving with the right living? And Lord, as that takes place, maybe some who are giving their legacy offering today, maybe some who are tithing, Lord, I pray that, the, that this, this, this key to giving, Lord, would begin to bring about the blessing that, that God has for them, that he wants to reward you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom, into your bathrobe, into your, uh, your pockets, Lord. I pray that, and I pray, Lord, that we would be quick to be conduits of those resources. And we not hoard them for ourselves, but we use them for the kingdom purposes in accordance with your word in Jesus' name. If you're far from God, I wanna pray for you too. I don't know if you've made that connection between you and God, but that connection is made not by what you give, but by what Jesus already gave. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Have you received what God the Father gave for you? through his son, Jesus. Jesus wants to come into your life, and if you want him to come into your life, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. If that's you, I wanna pray for you. I want you to join me right wherever you are. If you're listening on demand, you're listening at home right now, live, would you just close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me? Say these words like you mean them. Say them from your heart. Confess them with your mouth. Say, Jesus, today is the day of salvation for me. Today, I give my life to you. Today, I receive by grace through faith what you did for me 2,000 years ago. I can't save myself. I don't want to go any further. I don't want to go into another year not being in relationship with you. Thank you for what you did for me. On this Thanksgiving week, Lord, thank you for giving your life for me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Listen, if you just made that decision, I congratulate you. I'm so proud of you. Listen, I want to I wanna give you a gift. And so what you need to do is there's a little uh, hand you can raise and just saying, that was me. I just made a decision. And then we want to text you something or we want to give you something, but you got to text us. So if you text CC saved to 97,000, we're going to send you a book called What's Next. It's going to help you on your spiritual journey and it's going to do just what it said. It's going to tell you kind of like, now what? Where do I go from here? I want to give you that, and I want to help you on your spiritual journey. Listen, uh, as the pastor of Connect Church, it's been an honor pouring into you today, the Word of God. I hope this was life-changing for you. Please share it. Give it away. Tell somebody else about it, and I will see you next week, or I'll see you at a city group nearby. God bless you. Thanks so much.